Ah, beloved, I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. This is Bonafide Bible Talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. Here we go again. I was trying to put this off for as long as I could. Not even sure I want to do this now. This is one of those tasks that a lot of ministers, even Bible scholars, they undertake this task with a certain level of apprehension or fear. Because the truth is, a lot of us don't really know what's going on. A lot of us are guessing. There's also a lot of people who don't know what's going on and pretend they're not guessing a lot of people like to act like we have the decoder ring and so we open the book of revelation and we see things unfolding before our eyes all of a sudden the vaccine is the mark of the beast the locusts are apache helicopters war breaking out in ukraine is the cracking of the seventh seal I want us to stop doing that. And I mean that in a very real way. Because Revelation, as mysterious and as tricky a book as it is to handle, it does give us some clues as to what's going on in there. And so, beloved of God, decided that against my better judgment, we're going to have some bona fide Bible talk about the book of Revelation. Not to scare anybody. Not to increase anybody's anxiety. But to paint a very real picture of what's going on. In this mysterious, often anxiety inducing book that we find tacked on at the end of the Christian Bible. And so... Without too much further ado, we're just going to talk about the first chapter. Let's get it. The revelation of Jesus, the Messiah, which God gave him to show the folks in his camp how everything had to go down soon. He made it known by sending his special messenger to a slave, John, who put it on record. Everything he saw, the word of God, and the truth about Jesus Christ. If you can read this out loud, that's peace and blessings on you. And if you're hearing this and taking it to heart, that's peace and blessings on you too, because it's about to go down. This is John for the seven churches in Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who's still going. And from the seven spirits in front of the throne, and from Jesus Christ, the trustworthy one, the firstborn of the dead, the head of all the kings of the land, the one who loves us, who cleans our sins up off us with his own blood, who made us a new kingdom, the kingdom of those offering sacrifices to his God and Father. All the glory and the power goes to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, 
Here he comes with the clouds. Every eye gonna see it. Even the ones who nailed him up. And the whole world gonna mourn because of him. Believe that. Hey, man. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Supreme God. The one who is, who was, and who's still going. The ruler of the universe. I'm A to Z. The beginning and the end. I, John, your brother, sharing in Jesus every bit of hell you going through. And the kingdom and having to tough it out. I got sent to this island called Patmos because of the word of God and the truth about Jesus. And I was in spirit on the Lord's day. And then I heard this loud voice behind me. Sound like a trumpet. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Write down everything you see on a roll of paper. Send it to the seven churches. To Ephesus. To Smyrna. To Pergamum. To Thyatira. To Sardis. To Philadelphia. And to Laodicea. I turned around to see who was talking to me. When I turned, I seen seven gold lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I seen one that looked like the Son of Man, wearing a white robe and a golden sash. And his head and his hair was white as wool. I mean, like glowing like snow in the sun. And his eyes, they burned like, like the sun. His feet were glowing like bronze in the fire. His voice roared like water rapids, like a hurricane. He was holding seven stars in his right hand. When he opens his mouth, it cuts like a sharp, double-edged sword. His face shining like the sun at full force. When I seen him, I fell out. I was dead but he touched me with his right hand. And he said, Don't be scared. I'm the first and the final. I'm alive. I was dead. But look, I'm living. And I'm gonna live forever and ever. I got the keys to death and to the unseen world. So write down everything you've seen, everything you see, and everything you about to see after this. The secret of the seven stars you've seen in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands you've seen around me. The stars are my messengers and the seven churches. The lampstands, they are the churches. You want to know what I think? I bet you do. Because you tune into my podcast with my name and face on the cover. So, even if you don't want to know what I think, you're about to hear it. I think a lot of times we make a whole lot of hubbub and create a whole lot of fear and anxiety around this book of Revelation. Because I'll admit, it's really tough to digest. We didn't even get into the thick of it. There's 22 chapters in Revelation. We just went through the first one. 
But we end up creating all of this fear around it, all of this anxiety, all of this trying to see these events that are later described in this book unfolding in our very day when really, I'm pretty sure John, as the author identifies himself, was just trying to offer an encouragement. I mean, take a look at what's happening here. He starts off by saying, yo, like, I'm over in Potmos right now because I didn't got kicked out for sticking by this gospel of ours, sticking by the truth about Jesus Christ, sticking by the word of God. Um, I'm in a situation right now. He even says that I shared in, in this persecution with you, these tribulations, this, these trials on account of Jesus. I, I share all of that with you. And this is what the deal is. And then he goes into talking about this vision that he has when he is, as he puts it, in the spirit. And he talks about how all of a sudden this voice, he hears this voice and he turns around and sees an image that is terrifying, a terrifying image. And he describes it as, as so terrifying that he faints, he passes out until the person, this, this being that he has laid eyes on, places a hand on his back and reassures him that you don't have to be afraid and I think that that right there is the real message behind revelation that you don't have to be afraid even when what you're looking at seems terrifying because what you're looking at is what you hoped for all along you see, revelation in and of itself, the word revelation, sometimes we hear the word apocalypse, they all mean the same thing. It's an unveiling. It's a pulling back of the curtain. It's discovering the reality of what is as opposed to the facade. And when this curtain is pulled back in this book, John describes, he uses a lot of the hallmarks of apocalyptic literature, which you could find in the Hebrew Testament as well in books like Daniel and Ezekiel, where you hear stuff like there's a wheel in the middle of the wheel and all of these images that get a little confusing and hard to digest. John employs in this book, and I think that's intentional, but he describes this radiant being. It's hard to look at. And when he talks, it says the there's a two-edged sword in the mouth. Like the words are piercing, they're cutting. But the first words that he says is, I, I'm, I'm the God that you've been worshiping this whole time. I'm the beginning and the end. And, and even though I was dead, I'm alive and I'm going to continue to be that way. I think what John is trying to offer here is an encouragement that even though the plight that these people are facing in that moment, and I need to be very clear here, there is a very clear addressee in this letter. It says to the seven churches, in Asia, not Asia as we would think of it in our modern sense, but the Roman province of Asia, which is located uh, in ancient Asia Minor, current day Turkey. But he says that I, I have these words from God for you guys. And in my sanctified imagination, I imagine things are getting pretty sticky for these believers scattered about the Roman province of Asia. They're getting exiled. They're being in prison for all sorts of things. And I imagine that for the leaders of the early church, this is a pretty frightening prospect that this community that they've literally poured their blood, sweat and tears over might disintegrate because of the pressure being poured out by the Roman Empire. And he says, guys, I have been given a vision from God. 
And over and over again, this God of this vision repeats the words that I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. I'm the alpha and the omega. As if to say, I have seen what we are going through, beginning, middle, and end. And God says, do not be afraid. Because though I died, I'm living now and I'm going to continue to do so. And so my hope here is that we can look at these words not as a harbinger of fear and despair and oh my gosh, I hope I don't get left behind. But we can look at these words as the encouragement that I believe that they were meant to be. That what you are experiencing right now is not all that there is. And that when the fullness of truth is unveiled and you can see God in the fullness of God's divinity, you might find comfort. And so I'd like to pray with you. Oh God, who was, who is, and who is still to come, you are the God of the ages. And my prayer is that we might see the truth unveiled before our very eyes. And that as we witness this truth, that you might guard our hearts and our minds. And that your peace, which transcends all understanding, might make a dwelling place in our soul. God, teach us to see your divinity in the world around us teach us to see your image in our neighbors that where uncertainty once robbed us of the rest that you created us for we might be comforted by your sovereignty over all that there is God I'm not asking for all of the answers I'm just asking that you might be near us and that when we grow weary you might steady us with your hand in Jesus name Amen Translation is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. That's the number three, not spelled out, Black Men. You can find me on all social media platforms at Pastor Trey 05. That's Pastor Trey 05. Don't send me no Facebook requests, though. Like, I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three black men. Spell three out that time, though. Patreon.com slash three black men. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar. <laughs>